So, hello and welcome to episode 23 of Salad Cast for the season. And myself, Ollie and Glenn. How are you doing, Glenn? I'm okay. Yeah, it's nice to be back quite quickly after doing a podcast in midweek, talking about the Southampton game. And obviously, you didn't come back with the positive result we, we wanted. But uh, yeah, some, quite a lot to talk about from Sunderland and, and some of the other transfer issues going on at the moment. So, yeah, it's good to be back. And um, yeah, it's two things, really, I suppose, to mention, Ollie. First of all, we did a, a sort of live venting last night, didn't we? So, we've got a few other voices on um, to cover the game. But before we, before we get to them at the end of the sort of match uh, reflections, um, um, we've got a guest this week, haven't we? So, Michael Gregg, welcome to the podcast. Yeah, thanks for having me. I'll try and, uh, yeah, my northern twang isn't the best <laughs> accent for a podcast, but I'll, uh, yeah, I'll try and try my best. That's fine, yeah, I was, I was going to point it out. But I suppose then the first question is, how was, uh, how was a northern lad like you ended up supporting Shrewsbury Town? Uh, it's just from my dad, really. So, yeah, when I was young, my dad's my dad's mum's from Shrewsbury, so he's always had a soft spot for the town. Yeah. And, um, yeah, when I was a kid, I always remember, like, finishing a football game for my local team and we'd be straight straight up the A49 to the game head up. <laughs> so yeah, yeah, that's basically... And then I just... I would say at first I wasn't that into it. I didn't really understand it. But then <laughs> as I've got older, yeah, I've just become more and more interested in Shrewsbury and yeah, it's part of the family now. And yeah, I've got even like all my friends in Warrington where I'm based. Like everyone's looking out for Shrewsbury schools and stuff. So yeah, it's great. Yeah, and you obviously played, you know, when we brought the away supporters back, obviously the, the sort of start of the season before last, you got involved, didn't you? That's how I sort of first met you. And, and um, you even got some of your friends to play in one of the games wrapping right in Chester, didn't you? So you are you are preaching yeah. the gospel of Shrewsbury Town, which is, which is great to see. So yeah, obviously, yeah, your, your dad got you involved. What are your sort of memories so far, I suppose, in terms of what top game and top player? Um, I think memories, like, can't not you can't ignore the Paul Hurst season, can you? And it was special for me that year because I used to live abroad in Norway. And that was the first year I moved back and got a season ticket. Yeah, right. So, yeah, I was like straight into like uh, good times. But I've, I've seen the bad times as well. I have. Yeah. I always remember going to one of the memories of like when I was a kid was when we went to um, Northwich Victoria away. I don't know oh, if yeah. went to that game. And I think, um, I don't know if this is true, but I think the Northwich fans, because there wasn't many of them, had to go in the away end. And the Shrewsbury <laughs> fans took the whole ground. I think yeah. they won 2-0. And I think Colin Cram scored. So I think you're probably I right, yeah. that game. And then more recent memories is Charlton away when Nolan scored that world. Oh, mate. That was amazing. Yeah. Nolan up there for your favourite players then, or is it someone from an older vintage He's, then, if you, you're your main man? I think Nolan was there. Yeah, he was a class act, wasn't he? But he was only there for a season, yeah. so I wouldn't put him as my favourite player. I think my favourite player is Wally, to be honest. Um, just because of, yeah, he's exciting. I think the Shrewsbury fans don't quite appreciate him enough and I think as soon as he he goes we'll miss him and yeah. he is and he's still really fit now for his age like if you compare him to someone like Dave Edwards whose his <laughs> legs are going and they're the same age so I think Wally's had a career that I don't think he got serious about football until he joined Shrewsbury mm. and I think um, yeah he's in in league one I think he's one of the best players in league one on his day and he is more consistent than people actually think. So, yeah. And I actually got um, my friend who, when we played Blackpool, he got me a signed Wally shirt. So it says to 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 Grego from Wally. So a nice soft spot for him. So, but I know Maybe. people. He is he is a frustrating player as well. Greedy at times, but you've got to love him. Yeah, I think I think he's 
Definitely underappreciated in terms of how good he is at holding the ball, receiving the ball in tight spaces. And he's won us so many free kicks and penalties over the years. Uh, yeah, he's done well. And I think it says a lot about him as a pro that he's playing up front, in, which has not been his natural position. Um, so, yeah, he's yeah. definitely been... Yeah, we'd be struggling without him this season, that's for sure. Yeah. He seems to do well under every manager as well. He seems to yeah. just crack on and seems to love the love the place and love the, the club. So, yeah. I've never rocked the boat, has he? Yeah, that's no, for sure. No. He's been very professional. He's he's one of those players, I think, you know, when we started doing this podcast, Ollie, it was the start of his career, wasn't it, really, with us? And I used to quite often be be quite down on him, but I think over the years, the longevity and the the, the sort of loyalty he's shown to the football club and the, and the loyalty the football club have shown to him, I think it does put them on a, put a player like that on another echelon in an era where, as Mike says, some players are only here a year or, or, or a year and a half and then they're gone. So, yeah, it's good reflections. That's, that's a nice yeah. link to something I'll come back later on. Cool. We're talking about league one players. Um, but I'll hold that there and we'll come back to that um, as we go through the podcast um, so yeah I guess um, yeah, thanks for joining us Mike it's great to have you on the, the podcast and yep. great to get your opinion um, and obviously we'll um, yeah, we'll share we'll keep one thing for now we'll, we'll keep it we'll bring it up later on um, your connection to one of the members of staff but um, yeah let's get into the Sunderland game Sean Wardy then from 12 yards scores very cool penalty so Sunderland won, um, Shrewsbury Town nil. Um, goal in the first half from White on the 18th minute was the was the only goal and separated the teams. Um, so talking of teams, um, Shrewsbury were pretty settled really in terms of um, in terms of first eleven. Um, Sarsic was in goal. Pennington remained at um, right centre back and with Ebanks and Pierre. Um, and then we had Williams playing right wing back again. I'm sure we'll talk about him. And then we had Vela and Norburn in the middle. Our Bolton buddies, um, and then we had a surprise on the left wing back with Love, and then we had Chapman, Chapman, Clark, and Wally. Um, so yeah, a few surprises there, Glenn. I mean, yeah, the the obvious one is Donald Love has been resurrected like Lazarus and somehow returned to playing League One football in a pretty important game, and ironically back at Sunderland where we where we brought him from. So quite a weird story, really, and and an absolute sort of mad thing to see his name back on the team sheet, particularly playing left-back as well, which is not his natural position. And, um, yeah, I, I guess, you know, we can talk about a doe not starting. That might have been a little bit of a shock to some people. But, you know, Mike, it was it was certainly an absolutely mad moment to see Love on there. I don't, I can't think there's any Shoes Town fan that would have saw that coming. Yeah, I got a text off my dad about an hour before kickoff saying Donald's <laughs> starting. So I was a bit nervous for him because, yeah, I've got a bit, bit of a soft spot for him. But I think he... I think he performed well, especially in the second half. For someone who's got next to zero match sharpness, he came in and I think he did a pretty good job and I would I would want to keep him as a backup. Mm, yeah, it was just surprising though, wasn't it, Ollie, to, to, to just kind of see him come back. And, you know, who, who knows what's the reasoning behind it? We know that Cottrell's obviously, um, you know, I think he might even still be in hospital. We haven't had an update on that this week. And, you know, maybe has given this, the, the club a steer, that, uh, sorry, the, the sort of assistant manager a steer that he wants to have a look at him. Maybe, I don't know. Or do you think it was just we were back down to the bare bones and, and Goldborn was so bad at um, Sunderland, at Southampton, and maybe hadn't got the fitness to play two games in a week that it was needs must someone had to play there? Yeah, I think it was due down to fitness. Yeah, um, but Goldman probably would have. Obviously, he's a bit older. I'm not sure he had, he's quite ready for two games a week. But yeah, I don't think he's ready for that. So I think it was a bit of necessity. And I think also it's probably about the way the rules work as well for the January transfer window. And um, obviously, you have to submit a final squad at the end of January. So I mm. imagine we can probably play him, register him, unregister him, and um, without losing any spots. 
Um, but yeah, it gives yeah. them an opportunity to to perform. Um, and it's sure it's someone we'll talk about. I guess the other thing for me is, yeah, wing backs are clearly an area we need to strengthen. Um, and Williams, yeah, had a an indifferent game in some ways. He definitely contributed to the the scoreline. But yeah, it's not great him seeing him there, um, which is a bit of a shame. But yeah, mm-hmm. good to see Chapman start again. I was quite pleased to see that. And what, what, Mike, for you in terms of the front two, obviously Clark, Clark got the nod this week with, with Wally, who you've spoken very highly of. So let's park Wally. I'm assuming you would start him every week anyway, so that's fine. But, you know, who who are you really wanting to see up front in these starting roles each week at the moment? Because it, it is kind of chopping and changing quite a bit at the moment. I'd, I would love to see Cummings fit, but, um, yeah, <laughs> that's another story, isn't it? I don't need to get onto that one. Um, but I think at the moment I'd have Udo and Wally. Mm. I think Udo... He's a bit of a headless chicken at times, but he has a lot of energy and gives a little bit more than Clark. Like You can tell when Clark's playing that he's coming to the end of his career. I'm sure he's a great player if he's fit and was a bit younger, but I think yeah, I'd prefer the energy of Udo and Wally, but it's definitely yeah. an area that we need to strengthen. I think we need someone next to Wally. Yeah, so at the moment, I'd go for Udo. You never know. We saw this with um, with Charlie Daniels. He built up fitness and by the end was was pretty solid. Um, maybe it's a question: Could Clark get to there if he gets match fit? Um, but it's it's kind of yeah, it's a, it's a chicken and the egg because if you don't play him, he's never going to get match fit. Yeah, but how long? Yeah, I, I guess how long have we got really to be waiting here yeah, at the moment? Exactly. If you can find if you can find someone in this window, you can bring in who can hit the ground running. running. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I mean, yeah, if we can find someone who hits hits the ground running, you know, at this stage in in the season in, in the January transfer window, then you know we, we want someone that's fit and, and been playing some games and, and and that sort of thing. We never really bring many players in like that though, do we? Let's be honest. Most 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 of the players we bring in are either people on loan who haven't been playing very much or, you know, people who have been injured and haven't been playing very much. It's, it's, it's not great, is it? So, um, yeah, as I say, the January transfer window is always tricky. But, you know, that was the team that lined up. When I, when I looked at it, I, I was a bit concerned about Love obviously playing out of position and, and Williams has been a bit trick, tricky at right wing back sometimes and sometimes he's been decent. So, it, But the, the, the core, the, the sort of team looked solid, didn't it? And, you know, seeing Sunderland's home form like we talked about last week, I like I was still kind of quite positive going into this game, considering our, our recent form as well before the COVID. But um, it wasn't a good start, was it? And it really set the tone. So, yeah, um, not the best start from Shrews. We're not sure what quite what we were doing. Um, I guess I think we were trying to play fairly, you know, it wasn't a defensive performance we were going for. I think it was somewhere in between. It was a balanced perform um, set up. Um, but the trouble is, there was just too many gaps. Um, and obviously, mm. that's going to happen where you've got four players in the first team playing out of position or new into the side. Um, maybe even five if you count Clark. So you've got Williams, Love, Pennington, Chapman and Clark who haven't played a lot this season. The team is going to be a little bit um, not as well organised as we saw before the COVID outbreak. Um, so, yeah, I don't think we started very well. There's lots of gaps. Um, and I think as a summary, I think as the first time before we get into the detail, um, I think we made Sunderland look better um, than they were. Um, I'm not sure what you, what did you think, Michael? Yeah, I think, um, yeah, the, the team on paper was quite imbalanced, wasn't it? And I think it's, um, it was a bit of a makeshift 11. So I think, yeah, the core's there, but we just need to yeah, look at strengthening in different areas. And I think, yeah, with what's happened with the club over the COVID and the, the manager being away as well, I think there's a lot of um, things to take into consideration. So I think that, yeah, we played pretty well, but yeah, having like Williams at right wing back isn't ideal, is it? Some things yeah. like that. 
Yeah, to to me, Ollie, you know, we can we can use COVID as an excuse for things like legs going in towards the game. I, I can't really see as it's it's and, and not playing as well that training thing. I think okay, I'd agree with that. But one of the things that you can't really get away with in League One is um, squandering possession so easily, like we did in that 20, 20 minutes at the start of the game. Yeah, uh, and you know, Sunderland weren't that good. They didn't put a high press on us and force us into these errors. We tended to have time at the back, but unfortunately, Banks and Pierre's radar was off. Even Vela and Norbin when they tried to play long balls, and a lot of the balls we were playing over the the the. Back backline of the the opposition were like ones for Wally to chase onto but they were sort of nearer Clark and he's not going to turn drop his shoulder and have well, the pace nearer their goalkeeper that was well, the problem yeah but I'm, I'm saying that Clark's not gonna have the pace to be kind of running through the back lines now anymore is he unfortunately we need to be working up to put the cross into him that's how that needs to work but the whole thing was very disjointed and the, the front two really didn't work well in that first two minutes but they had very little to th- feed off the, the front front balls were just not very good um thought Bella went, Bella went missing a little bit in the first 20 minutes but it was better as the game went on Norburn squandered a lot of the ball Chapman tried to run with it but again like you mentioned last week I had a lot of time for him I thought he played well in general but just a few times you want to see him get his head up so yeah the, the whole thing in that first 20 minutes wasn't great and it was annoying because Sunderland really didn't look very good at the back did they Ollie? No they didn't and they weren't they weren't particularly efficient but we yeah. gave them lots of space and time um, and we just weren't as compact as I'd like us to be and yeah I think that partly contributed to the goal so mm. I don't think it's unfair to say that Williams got done on the flank um, I think a more natural um, fullback um, we've seen this before with Williams, and we're not we're not we're not criticising him as a player. Yeah. Um, we're criticising his performance when he's played out of position, and he's just a word that your brother loves. He's just not very good at jockeying, is he? Yeah. Um, and he got done too easily because he's not used to playing on the flank. Um, then basically, yeah, crossing from McGreedy, um, a good cross, um, even better header, um, and yeah, loops over the goalkeeper, um, and yeah, one um, nil to Sunderland. Um, I don't think there was really too much sausage can do with that, Mike. I thought. No, I don't think so. Uh, Charlie White's in really good form at the minute, mm-hmm. isn't he? He's a proper old school sort of striker. So it was yeah, perfect goal from his point of view. I think, um, I'm not sure. Do you think Williams is going to get dropped for Pennington then when we get the wing-back situation better? Because I quite like the, uh, the way Williams, Ebanks and Pierre like complement each other. And I think having Williams out of the right wing-back position basically shows everything that he's not great at. Like he's he's good at sort of sweeping up from Ebanks and Pierre and using his pace. Mm-hmm. So I think I like them as a back three better. But saying that, Pennington did do a good good shift to be fair, and he's come into the team and looked pretty good. So it'll be interesting to see which three they go for in the future. It's different, isn't it, Ollie? You know, when we had Beckles as the fourth man, you, you kind of always felt like he was the fourth man. Do you know what I mean? He, he never yeah. normally naturally felt like one of the first three. I'm not sure we're going to feel like that with Pennington. I think, you know, in two performances, he's been pretty good in, in across the yeah. two games. Um, and, and poor old Williams is the one getting shunted out there, even though, you know, it, it could have been Pennington that's back there. Um, I think he's going to feel hard done to if he ends up <clears> being on the bench. Like, he doesn't deserve to be benched. No. no. I think there might be a bit of rotation. Um, from what we've seen in Pennington, I wouldn't be... I wouldn't be averse to him playing the centre either. Uh, maybe kind of almost sweeping out, playing that bit of a sweeper role and running to midfield with the ball. So I think, yeah, we clearly need another central defender. I imagine um, that they'll be probably rotated in and out of the team um, over the ne- over the next few months. Yeah, and I don't think you could just discount 
I, I don't think you can discount a late bid for Pierre. I think on the last few days, this transfer window particularly, it's going to be a bit crazy because people have held their sort of, you know, metal so far through this window because of COVID and issues at other clubs. I think that there might be one of the most crazy ends to a transfer window we've ever seen and other clubs have seen in our League One and Two. So you can never discount, you know, that Williams is starting every week because we've got those three and someone else on loan of backup. But at the moment, it, it does feel a bit harsh on it, Mike. I, I would totally agree. But um, yeah, I, I don't know what way it's going to fall, really. I'd, I'd like to think they do rotation, Ollie, but then I'm a bit of a, a stickler for consistent team selection, aren't I? So, you know, if that unsettles the back, back line, it's going to be tricky to justify, it, isn't it? So, yeah, it's going to be fascinating to see how that goes forward. But just back to the goal, I, I would agree. It was a bit harsh on, on Sarkic, some of the stuff I saw online about him. He should have saved that. I mean... Really? Yeah, yeah. It was a Shooty Town fans were very strange on Saturday. We'll come back to that later because there's lots yeah. of things to cover. But I think everyone was being a little bit... Overly critical, but yeah, I don't know. Can you criticise Sarsic for that? What, what he needs to be seven foot five? Like what? He's not done much wrong as a keeper coming in. As he's definitely oh. the uh, strongest keeper we've got on paper. So yeah, I'd probably ignore that criticism. I, I don't yeah. think many keepers would have saved that anyway. No, no, class header and a, and, a, and a good start for Sunderland, really, after a, a poor start for us. And um, yeah, it, it didn't really improve us. They scored on, what, 16 minutes and it wasn't that. And, you know, it took us really till 25, half an hour to really get into the game. Um, and there was, there was a couple more chances, wasn't there, from, from Sunderland going forward, Ollie, that they, they could have easily gone 2-0 up quite quickly, couldn't they? And, and it was it was feeling, you know, that it, we need to hold on here to 1-0 and just stay in the game at some point. Yeah, we did. We came into it, but again, I think I don't know whether we settled and just or what, but or maybe just Sunderland kind of gave us some chances. But yeah, it's a very very odd game overall. It was a game with without too many highlights, um, but oddly actually, um, yeah, we, we had we did still have create some chances, which at least gives us some confidence. So um, there was one. There was a bit of um, before we talk about some positive ports from a strategic mm. perspective. Um, we were a little bit. Um, I don't know how to how to describe Poppy. it. But we're a bit of crap <laughs> at the back. So there's a ball over the top, and Sausage came running out. He missed the man and ball, um, and yeah, White fired wide. He probably should have taken his time, um, but that was quite rushed. And then Williams played a pass back and didn't really put enough energy on it. But also the pitch was quite poor. Um, and but luckily Sausage got to it, um, and then it came to a loose ball from Vela, um, and then we cleared the cross. So yeah, it was a few minutes there, um, Mike, where I thought we were a little bit jittery and probably lucky to, to get away with not conceding another. Yeah, I think so. I think it might be um, just showing that we're missing having Cottrell on the sidelines. I think he does drill that into them, and I think they do play a little bit with some fear when he's on the sideline, mm. which I think is really good for the team at the moment because. Yeah, under Ricketts, I think they were just cruise controlling. So it was a little bit more like a Ricketts performance in terms of, I don't think they had that sort of the fear factor in them. And I think they need that. I think um, Cotterill's really good at sort of, yeah, the way he manages from the sidelines. Yeah, so I think, yeah, we definitely need to get Cotterill back on the sidelines. It stands out for me, Ollie, the most with Vela and Norburn, where under Cottrell, he had them flying. He had them playing probably the best football they've played since they joined the club at the same time. You know, a combative, hard-to-beat central midfield pairing. And, and against Southampton, yeah, excuses. That was a premiership team. And, and again, on Saturday, wasn't overly impressed with them as a pair. And, and, and I think they've both taken a little bit of a step back, which is unfortunate. But yeah, it just it, it does show, I think, Mike, that, that, that the manager factor is, is going to be something we've got to deal with. And I think, as I say, the concern is we're getting no updates. And then fair enough, it's a man's personal medical history and, and issues that he's going through we don't really need an update all the time but I think town fans will start to worry the more it goes on Ollie that it might be an extended absence and absence and, and quite how much we can we can afford really to, to to struggle if he's not with us then you know we're still in a relegation battle at the end of the day it might be a bit of a concern yeah I think so um, I think um, 
I think Saturday's going to be fascinating, obviously, with the third game, potentially about the manager. Yep. Um, if it goes on after that, obviously, we say all this with, obviously, the manager's best um, you know, best wishes and, obviously, his health first. Um, but, obviously, we can talk about football as well at the same time. And, yeah, obviously, we just want him back because because the, the, the cultural effect yep. um, is, is evident um, in terms of prepping the team. And, and Aaron talked about it in terms of just training and everything, his attention to detail. Um, and we've seen the improvement he makes. And, yeah, obviously, Pennington and Chapman haven't been coached directly by the manager. So, you know, for those guys, you want to see them improve and, and love as well. And, and you know, even Williams probably being a, having a few words to the manager, he might have had a bit of a better performance. So, yeah, the sooner we get him back, the better, I think. And um, But on a positive, though, to end the half, we did create some chances. And we I don't know about you, but I got off the sofa once um, in yep. terms of, a, yeah, a fantastic bit of play. And so Clark had a chance. Um, Chapman played it to Warley. I did a really good cross. Again, this 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 supports what Mike was saying at the start of the pod about Warley. Found a, found Clark in a crowded box. Um, he took his time um, and then he blazed over. Um, potentially the best chance of the half. And yeah, it's it wasn't um, it wasn't um, the best um, shot from Clark. It was a bit disappointing. Very generous, Ollie. Very generous. Um, I just think back to that chance that Wally scored a few weeks back where he, he kind of got a lot of time in the box, didn't he? And he, he dropped his shoulder, sent the keeper the wrong way, rolled it through a, a defender's legs and, and scored a really good goal. He's a winger. Now we've got this, you know, highly um, decorated, you know, ex-premiership footballer and he didn't look like he was going to score. He just looked cumbersome and, and uncomfortable with the ball at his feet in that situation. So I thought it was a pretty good finish for him. I think everyone's um, been. I think every. I, I tell. I do ants tweet now. So yeah, see, he said, seeing some of the responses on here on other platforms, crikey, he's missed one chance. He's not pissed on your mother's on your mother's grave, and I think people were getting. Yes, obviously we want him to score, um, but he hasn't. When was the last time he played? Months ago. Um, so and it was the only chance he missed. So yeah, I think while obviously I agree with you, Glenn, it wasn't a very good chance. I think. I don't know. Uh, people, you know, I saw watched the Man United game this afternoon, and I saw Cavani miss a chance. I've seen Rashford miss a chance, and Salah miss a chance. Yeah, players miss chances. I totally agree with you, Ollie. You know, uh, it, if it was just one chance and he missed it, and it was unfortunate, that's fine. For me, he didn't contribute enough to the game in any respect whatsoever. He was offside way too many times. He was slow, cumbersome, and he just didn't look up to it. Fine, he hasn't played for a long time, but his overall performance level was poor. So when you get that one chance, that's your chance to shine. And he bottled it for me, to be honest with you. So I, I was pretty down on him, but I've been pretty down on him for a few weeks now. I'm not sure, you know, even in the performances we've seen in this latter bit, um, in between his injuries, he's been doing enough for me. So there, there we go. That's my view on it. But what about you, Mike? I think it was a, that ch- a specific chance was like a trademark low and confidence striker yep. shot. I think um, probably overthinking it when he, all he needed to do was slot it. But I mm. agree with you, Glenn, that he, you've got to put them away when you're professional in League One. Like, yeah. You've got to score that chance. But, yeah, I wouldn't write him off straight away. But I'm a little bit like you where what's he actually giving us at the moment? But mm-hmm. I said that about Charlie Daniels at the start. I was yeah. I wrote him off straight away. Whereas, yeah, we can get Clark fit. He could be a massive asset to us. So, yeah, let's see how he goes for now. And then, yeah, see what he'll bring. I mean, we talk about Cummins a lot, Ollie, in not, terms of not playing 90 minutes, but, you know, Clark hasn't done it very often, has he, in his time at the club so far? So we just seem to find these strikers that don't seem to be able to play many games in a row. And it is a bit of an issue, isn't it? Yeah, strikers are poor. And we've got quite a few of them. Um, but there's something that, yeah, Ricketts didn't want to play Cummings up front. Steve Cotter hasn't played Cummings up front. Nope. Um, and, yeah, we're playing a right winger and a non-league striker uh, ahead of Clark and Cummings quite often. Um, and, mm. yeah, strikers, are, we've got quite a few of them, but, 
yeah, you know, God, imagine, imagine, imagine adding like a Tyrese Campbell or a white, um, white from Sunderland to this front line with Warley. Yeah. I mean, it'd make an absolutely fundamental, huge difference. And yeah, talking about you were talking about Norbert and Vela, um, you know, if you've got a target man who's holding up the ball, yep. um, it's going to make the midfielders look better. Yep. So yeah, I, I agree with you. Clark definitely needs to improve. I'm not saying that, um, but I think everyone was very critical of everyone uh, on Saturday. Do you, do you think he? I think there is an element of Shrewsbury fans um, that if a player comes with a reputation and has done things in the game because we don't see that many of them sometimes at Shrewsbury Town, that there is, a, there is a higher expectation on them. I think it's fair to have higher expectation, mm-hmm. but I don't know what you think, Mike. I think sometimes you also need to think, you know, you should ask yourself a few questions. Is the player fit? Um, you know, is, is, he, is, he, is he, you know, experienced in terms of how the team wants to play? Has is, is he got that knowledge of the tactics and stuff? So I think for me, the fitness, when he's got fitness and he's still crap, then yeah, fair enough. Um, um, blast him all you want. Um, but I think it's a bit harsh oh, well. when he's not match fit. What do you yeah, think, Mike? Have, I think you've, I think you've got to have high expectations of him because yeah. didn't he score away at Anfield last season mm-hmm. for Sheffield United? So he did. Yeah, yeah, you expect him to put that chance away. I think if any any striker that we've got for that chance, you'd probably choose Cummings to take the shot, wouldn't you? So I think if you get there, he, though, he's so, <laughs> Cummings is so frustrating because he's obviously really talented, isn't he? I just don't know what yeah. what he needs to get going, but I, mm. I think his time at Shrewsbury's probably done, which is... We better, not, we better not talk about Cummings too much because Ollie's already upset his dad this week, Mike, so we, uh, <laughs> we're, we're already in trouble with the Cummings family. Yeah. <laughs> well, m- maybe we could talk a bit about the striker that no one ever mentions is Raquel Pike. <laughs> when, yeah. I'm not sure when he's going to come. Well, he's back I've, fit, I've heard he? really he good on. things about him. My friend who coaches at Blackpool, he coached uh, Pike at Rochdale and he said he's amazing. Like He's the fastest player he's ever, he's ever he's seen what? or coached. So... Wow, interesting. So when he signed, when he signed, he was like, "That's a massive signing." Just you've just got to try and keep him fit, and then yeah, he goes and tears his quad in like the first week or something. So <laughs> we're not having any luck yeah. with strikers, are we? No. no. So it'd be nice to see him maybe get some game time. So to see, yeah, if he can. Was he on the bench? Yeah, was he on the bench? Yeah, he was. Cool. Yeah. yeah. So hopefully we'll see him maybe on Saturday, because yeah, yeah. So it was obviously Wall is going to start. But that second space spot is definitely up for grabs. Um, and then there was probably, I guess it's fair to say, there was nearly a good chance Wally cross again. Um, mm. And I reckon Clark would have scored this if the um, Sunderland defender hadn't cleared it away. Um, it would have been a basically point-blank header. Um, and then there was, the, for me, the moment of the game. Um, Clark, sorry, Clark, Chapman was absolutely amazing. Um, yep. I bet you love this, Glenn. So he did a drag back and did one player. He did the central defender with just a nice little touch and pace. Um, he comes into the box, has a, sh- a shot on his left, and good good save from the goalkeeper. But um, sh- that that me that got me off my sofa. What about you, Glenn? Oh, fantastic! Uh, yeah, you were telling me to calm down about Chapman last week. And he offers one performance where he was pretty pretty decent for me. Um, yeah, I mean, it was probably his best moment in the game. The rest of it was probably for me uh, just a, just a decent performance rather than rather than good. But yeah, it just you know, I'm going to say the same thing I said last week, and I'll probably just move it on to Mike. But he offers us something different in the number ten role. Yeah. We've not had for He's a while. as well. He's yeah. probably going to have to get up to a bit a bit of League One standard fitness after playing under twenty ones. But I'm impressed by his pace. He's got a good he's got good acceleration. I mean, you're quite pleased with what you saw, Mike. Yeah, yeah, he's got that sort of low sense of gravity, hasn't he? So he can properly play that number ten role, and he, yeah, that run was amazing. It's just such a shame he didn't finish it off. Mm. It would, would have been goal of the month or something. But yeah, I think he's really exciting, and I think yeah, once he gets under Cotterill as well, I think he's going to be 
maybe our most important midfield player for to bring yeah. us goals because that's what that's what we're lacking at the moment, isn't it? Yeah, he feels a little bit, Ollie, like a Ben Smith or a Ben Davis, th- those kind of number 10s that were a little bit more dynamic, like to run at players. Ben Smith, uh, ben Smith didn't do as brilliantly as he probably could have done before he went back to Hereford. But, you know, those kind of low centre of Garrity players, it kind of, it kind of reminds me of those two players a little bit. I think every fan sort of likes that type of player mm-hmm. as well, yeah. don't they? Like, they, you know, they get you off your seat. Yeah, you know, Keith Burt and, um, and Cottrell have obviously recruited him for a reason um, and he fits nicely into this team. Yeah, if, if Pike's fit and you've got Worley and Chapman um, with hopefully a couple more wing-backs, then that, that completely transforms our team. Um, and it's good to see, obviously, they're trying to bring a bit of pace in, um, to the side of Chapman. Um, so, yeah, that ended the first half. Uh, a little bit frustrating, I guess. Um, obviously, he could have scored. Um, yeah, Sunderland had the best of the possession. Um, but I think, you know, we, we could, I think if we'd got a, a draw um, at half time, um, I don't think Sunderland could have complained too much because we did create a couple of good chances. Um, yeah, we did. I felt a little bit like holding on for, for 1 0 at half time at some points in that half would have been a decent outcome. Oh, yeah, completely. Yeah. But the yeah. two chances we had was, yeah, yeah we on. created as many chances as them as such. Um, but yeah, it, but they definitely dominated the half and we were poor in the first half an hour. Second half, not a lot to say, to be honest, really, was there? Um, we dominated the second half um, and it was a bit of a Shrewsbury Town under Ricketts in 2020, wasn't it? A lot of possession, um, but we didn't really create anything. Um, it's worth just noting that we had one shot on target in the in the whole game and, and that came from Chapman in the first half. Um so, yeah, I don't know. There's not really too much to say about second half. There was a, a good flick on from Clark. I thought he had a better second half. I mean, to Williams, um, a decent cross, but couldn't find a man. Um, he did have a cross before that, and he went deep, really deep. Out, uh, almost went out for throwing, which obviously was the one of the, the downsides of having him playing there. Um, and then one of the, the better moments of the of the half was when Worley cut in from the left and fired, fired over Glynn, which wasn't a bad effort. No, it wasn't. I mean, yeah, those are, those are two chances we had in the first sort of 20 minutes at half. Um, and we had a lot of the ball, but it was a sort of, yeah, rinse and repeat from maybe earlier this season of getting up to the edge of the box, running out ideas, trying to find Norburn. He'll have a look and go backwards. And so would Vela and wingbacks never got up at all, really, did they? Because they, they obviously yeah, weren't used to that. They got the quality. And yeah, and, and basically we, we kind of ran out of ideas. And you did all, almost feel like the only way we'd actually score was if Wally hit one of his wildies, which has happened so many times in these League One games. And, you know, that, that sometimes, Mike, seems the only only way of scoring when we're having one of these blank weekends. Yeah, I think that or a dead ball and send the, the big boys yeah. up. I always put a bet on Ebanks Landell to score first <laughs> every week. So I'm still waiting for my big payday. <laughs> but um, yeah, it was typical sort of, yeah, like you said, a Ricketts performance. I think we we we're a bit one-dimensional. Like once we go one-nil up, we're good, and we can shut up shop and get the three points at the moment. But when it doesn't go to that script, I think once you go one-nil down, you start to think, "Where's this goal going to come from?" And I think uh, yeah, we didn't. Even though we did dominate the second half, I never thought oh, we're going to get one here. It was always like you sort of knew it was going to end one-nil. I mean, we had one shot on target in the game again, Ollie. You know that's. Yeah. Up there with some of the worst sort of output from the strikers uh, from from nine shots that was as well. Lots and lots of yeah. shots that were blazed over the bar to, to Rose Ed that was, was not great to watch. And yeah, you know, we've, we've got to be better than that. We have been being better than that under Cottrell during that little good run. Um, we, we don't want to slip back to the old habits. So, you know, I'm like, I'll allow them a, a one week off here, but um, I don't want to see this sort of thing starting to, to creep back into our game. No, and again, it just goes back to reinforce the, the point that we obviously need the manager back soon. Yeah, yeah, yeah no, it does. 
Yeah, it does. So uh, I, I guess that was it. I mean, there wasn't too much else happened in the half volley. There was a, I mean, Sunderland could have won it, and well, they could have won it. They could have gone two 0 up right at the end, couldn't they? Power fired yeah. into the net from from quite close in, but they didn't offer anything second half. And no. I don't know how you guys listen to it. Whether you had the the eye follow on and listen to Radio Shropshire, or you actually stuck with no commentary, which I think a few fans did. Or what I did was I listened to the um, Sunderland commentator, um, yeah. who I have to say, Ollie, for for a sort of um, commentator that was obviously you know focusing on their own team, he was fantastic as a commentator. I could see the guy going quite far in the game if he, if he gets them. He was he's the guy off uh, he's the guy off the Netflix series as well so I recognize <laughs> okay. his voice. Yeah. So uh, he yeah, was I recognize him now. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, he was good. I thought he was yeah, obviously he was going to be a little bit biased. I'm sure if yeah. a neutral listens to Dunny, they're going to say he's focusing yeah. on Shrews because, well, who is he not going to focus on Shrews? 200 Shrewsy Town fans when he's got an audience of thousands, ten thousands, um, to to kind of accommodate. So yeah, I thought he was good. Um, he, still, no, yeah. still not quite Dunny level, though, is he? He's no, of like course a, not. Like and we missed God, Dunny. Yeah, yeah, he is. I've missed, definitely missed Donny, and I told my wife we wouldn't have Donny. She was disappointed, but I thought he was all right, and yeah, he was quite critical of Sunderland as well, um, and complimentary of Shrewsbury when it was appropriate. I thought he was well, well balanced. Um, he smet, he pronounced Shrewsbury right, um, but he couldn't get Wally and Vella right. Which is, um, no one seems to get Wally and Vella right. Is it Wally or Wally? I say Wally. It's Wally. That's what I've. That's what Dunny says. That's when we all, and we always use um, Dunny to um, pronounce new player names. I'm pretty sure it's interchangeable, depending on <laughs> how we've said it over the years, Ollie. But um, yeah, I, I would just say you could, you know, you can put the radio on, listen to Dunny and um, Mark Elliott, and it is in sync now because they're basically at home watching the I follow stream um, yeah. from their houses now. But I am led to believe that the initial 20 minutes of the BBC commentary this weekend was pretty difficult to listen to because it sounded like Dunny sounded okay, but it, apparently Mark Elliott sounded like he was um, transmitting from the, the surface of the moon or something like that because he sounded like <laughs> there was a huge echo or something. So I'm sure they'll get rid of those uh, glitches and I probably probably won't stick with the away commentaries all the time. But when, when you're an yeah. iFollow, you can't, I can't bother Faffa getting a radio in. And as no, long as I think having, su- having Sunderland is probably... He's probably going to be better quality. I bet when we play some, some other teams, it's going to get a little bit, um, a little bit tin pot. But yeah, so yeah, we've we've kind of summarised the game there. Not really, not too much else to mention from a, from a Shrewsbury point of view. Um, but maybe yeah, a few questions. Um, to ask for the first question, I'll throw it to both you guys. I'm gonna let you answer it. So I'll go to Mike first. Um, so do you think fitness and legs is an issue, or do you think actually in this game we showed that actually we're we're okay fitness wise? So Mike first. What I do think, you think? Um, I think short term fitness is an issue just because of what's happened over the last month or so with like the training ground was shut. How I don't know how long was it? Nearly two weeks or something. So yeah, about that two weeks. That surely yeah. has an issue on match sharpness and. And things like that. So I think, yeah, a little bit. But I think we'll get straight back in the next sort of week or so. It should be back to normal. And I think, yeah, it's notice- mm. noticeable like, how much fitter they are under Cotterill already. Yeah, I mean, we only made two subs in the game, Ollie, before 90 three. minutes. So, made yeah. Yeah, we made Well, the, the last one was on 90 minutes, yeah, you know what I mean? It was, right yeah. the game. But Sears on 66 and Goss on 78, you know, that wasn't yeah. screaming out that to me. That was a strange, uh, a strange substitution, I thought, to put Goss on for a striker when you're 1-0 yeah. down. But, yeah. but I guess he'd put Chapman up front, but yeah, it didn't really work, did it? Goss didn't really get into the game. Again, shows that, you know, you had you had Pike and you had Cummins on the bench. You you could have done a like for like swap for Clark in that situation and seemingly went for something Pike different. Pike wasn't on the bench, it. but Odell oh. and Cummings were, yeah. Yeah, sorry, two strikes I, on the bench. Yeah. I can't really slag the manager off when I know him, so. <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah so you do know, we, we, since Link they into you, so you know Aaron, don't you? Yeah, so my best friend is a head of fitness for Blackpool and his best friend in football is Albie Wilbraham, so. 
Yeah, yeah I've met him quite a few times and I helped him uh, during lockdown when he was trying to keep some fitness. I helped him get into cycling because I'm a keen cyclist. So, yeah, I speak to him quite a lot. Um, and he was, yeah, he told, he rang me before before he got the job saying he was going to Shrewsbury. So I was like buzzing and he sorts me out with tickets and stuff. So, yeah, pretty, <laughs> uh, pretty pleased with that. You, I was going to say to you, what, 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 you know, if you've got this bit of insight, it's great. You know, you can ask him about your football things and stuff like that, and, and what he likes. But as, as a man, what, what's he like? You know, if you've spoken to him, and um, time with him, he's really someone who gets the dressing room going and the morale. So I don't think he's a, a manager. I like, I think he is a perfect blend between the squad and Cotterill. And I think great. Cotterill's obviously seen that at Bristol City. So I think he's like the guy who always like organises things and gets the groups going. So. I think the dynamic between them two can be really good, and he can be sort of the yeah the middleman between um, staff and player. Yeah, he sounded like a perfect assistant manager appointment, didn't he? Because he clearly knows his stuff about football, and obviously being in the game for such a long time, seems like he seems like quite a smart bloke. And um, yeah. yeah, I think it's a good good um, point that he's going to be that perfect link because he's only just retired. Um, and yeah, sounds like he's a good assistant manager. I'm, I'm sure he didn't expect to be managing the team on a match day at the moment. I asked him if he'd come on the on the podcast, but he said Cotterill probably won't let me. So. <laughs> we better not count, we better not ask Cotterill then anytime soon, Ollie. I don't think he'll be doing a, a I, think he's, um, <laughs> I think he's a bit of a scary man from what I've heard. Um, but yeah, I'm not sure if I want to meet Cotterill to be honest. I'm joking, I joke, I joke. I, like I think meet. that's they needed that though, didn't they? Like this yeah. show need I think everyone liked Ricketts, all the players probably liked him. It was just they were just cruise controlling, weren't they? And they didn't have yeah. that hunger. Whereas now they're like they're on the toes. You can where I sit when I went to a couple of games this season. I'm right behind Cotterill, and he's just constantly screaming. Mm-hmm. And it's like yeah, it's refreshing to see because like when Ricketts was in the dugout, he was just speaking to like the referees and complaining about little things. Whereas Cotterill's drilling them, like especially Norburn at first, he was on his back all the time, and then yeah, he's come he's come to life under Cotterill, hasn't he? I'd love this. I'd love to have a pint with Cottrell and just uh, let him talk about the team, you know, after a game or something. Because he'd probably, he'd, in 10 minutes, he'd probably teach you more about football than, like, yeah, like, yeah, than anyone else you've probably heard. It'd be quite fascinating to, for him to share because he shares a little bit in the post match. But yeah, he, he's certainly a detailed man, which, which is definitely what we needed. And also that character. He, he strikes me so much as a, a the Gary Peters type manager when he came in. Obviously, much more qualified and in a different situation, but you know, similar sort of of character. And I once went in and met Gary Peters for forty five minutes, and it it was an absolute education. And he was also quite a scary man at times as well. So yeah, I think I think the comparisons are probably fair. Um, on Wilbraham, just before we move on from your insights, I think we better just check Ollie because we have done this a few times. Do you think he'd be upset about us taking the mick out of his hair? <laughs> I know. Do you, want, do you want me to tell you something about that? <laughs> Go on. Um, so I, I'm similar to him. We're both um, receding. And, oh. um, so he uses this product called uh, it's called like salt and pepper, and it's sort okay. of da- and you dash it on. So his hairline is actually yeah, he just built it himself. It looks amazing <laughs> for his age, like he looks like Drake or something. But yeah, it's uh, it's false. It's not a reality. Yeah, it's like um, it's just like this hair thickening powder you put on yeah. it, and cling clings to your hair follicles, and then it makes it. I use it a little bit, so it's an amazing okay. product. Oh, there you he, go. he was the one who he was the one who got me on it. 
But the trouble is, unfortunately, when he was doing the um, BBC interview, his head was down at the camera, so that's all you could yeah. see. Oh, well, as I said, as I said, Ollie, um, anyone that watched us do the live venting last night, um, I've got a haircut that looks very similar to Wurzel Gummidge, so I'm in a terrible position to be commenting on anyone's hair, really. So I think I think we've done that to death now, Ollie. We'll probably yeah, leave yeah. it. But yeah, we just thought we'd check. We don't want to upset the man, so we'll, yeah, we'll leave it. Look, it looks pretty good for 40, though, doesn't it? I know, yeah. Jesus he does. Right. Yeah. yeah, there we go. Cool. Right, um, so the big, big discussion, then... Donald Love, how did he perform? We'll let you go first, Glenn. I mean, he, he was as poor in that position as Williams was at right back, I thought, in the game. Um, both, both both blokes playing out of position. Um, probably Love deserves a little bit more credit because he's never played there before fair for us and he's hardly played this season. But I thought they were both pretty weak and they were both get-at-able. Um, and it just confirms why we need new right and left wing-backs because neither of them are, are long-term solutions for me in those positions. Maybe Love is... a is it going to get a chance back at right wing back? I can't see it. I, f- I still think he's probably done at this football club. This was a, maybe a reprieve because we had nothing else left to do. But his physicality was still pretty poor. He got shoved off the ball a few times. He tried to get forward. Touch was off. But again, he's not played for months. So I wasn't really impressed with him. And I wasn't really impressed with Williams. So they, I put them on the, the same level, really, in the game, to be honest with you. You sounded a little like you were more scathing of him before then. You seemed quite calm there. No, I, well, I, I, tweeting about it at the time, you know, it is frustrating to see people give the ball away, but I was no more scathing about him than I was about Norburn on Saturday. I, I don't think he's going to be a solution at left wing-back. You know, he did a job for no, us on Saturday. Good, but but... I, I still think his time at the club is probably up and unfortunate for him the way it's all gone with Ricketts and, and you know, a new manager coming in who's going to want his own men. I mean, he's he's not the best player and he's certainly not very good at left wing-back. Um He'll probably go on and do all right somewhere else. It's hard. It's really like I don't think he was great, but it's, I do agree with what you were saying before when we were talking about it. It's harsh to be massively harsh on him when he hasn't played football for like six months. But I, I didn't think he was very good. I wouldn't put him in the top three. What would you go? What would you say about that, Mike? What was, what was your view of his performance? I think he did like coming in like with zero match sharpness. He did pretty well. I think the problem with Love is he's so safe. Like every time he gets it, he just passes it to the nearest man. He never takes a risk or anything. But I think he's a good guy to have in the squad in terms of if you get an injury at wing-back, you know you can just slot him in and he's going to do a semi-decent job all the time. So I think uh, I, I quite like him. I've got a bit of a man crush on him for an unknown <laughs> reason. But, um, yeah, I think he did well. Like I think it's harsh to criticise him when he's was at his first league appearance this season. Uh, and he, yeah, he did if he was, well. it hasn't so, been for a long time. Yeah, I think he played against Crew in the uh, Papa John's Cup or whatever it's called. So yeah. um, I think he did well. I do like him, but he's very limited. And if you're playing, he's probably more of an actual fullback than a wingback. Yeah. I think he'd be better just playing right back in a four-four-two. He's very old <laughs> school, but yeah, you can't rely on Williams and Love as like the the wingers, can you? Like, you know, you're not, they're not going to be getting the crosses in, are they? So, yeah, we definitely... I wouldn't be playing him, but I would always have him on the bench, ready to come on if anything bad happens, and you know he's going he's gonna to be solid. Yeah, I agree with that. For me, he's be a perfect um, backup for this for this season and in the circumstances we have. I, um, I can't remember when his contract ends at the end of this year, or we've got another year of him. I don't um, know if he, he'd be... Back, I'm not oh, sure yeah. he'd be happy being a backup though, would he? Like you, you want no, to play probably football, not. don't you? I think League no, yeah. Two probably a good player in League Two. Yeah, I think it'd be good for him to go to League Two, play forty games. Um, yeah, yeah. As you said, in t- I think everyone was a bit harsh on him, given he hasn't played all year. He's playing out of position, and we're playing um, arguably one of the better teams in the division um, in, in Sunderland. Um, 
So I think everyone's a little bit harsh on him when they were saying he was awful and crap. Yes, his passing was a little bit conservative. Um, but yeah, you know, interestingly, metrics when I was looking at his performance and some of Matt Miller's, if compared the same things I was critting Matt Miller for, yeah, while Donald's love passes were quite conservative, he, he did keep the ball and he was seen to be he won quite a few balls as well, quite a few duels. But the trouble with the difference between Matt Miller and Donald Love is obviously Matt Miller's is quicker. He's stronger and he's probably more direct in everything he does, you know, in terms of trying to win tackles and stuff. He just looks like a better footballer. Donald Love looks nervous, doesn't he? And I think that's partly what the fans pick up on. Um, that yeah, it's not it's, it's what he's what he's not doing rather than what he's doing, I think probably gets him a bit of a bad name. Yeah, you just know when he gets the ball, he's gonna chest it down and pass it to the centre back every mm. time, like and that shows you can just see the way he's playing, he's not confident. And I think even when he was playing regularly last season, he wasn't confident anyway. I think yeah. all the I time think he did one was... assist last year, maybe two assists, which isn't yeah. enough. And that's wing back is a very specialist position. And we need someone well, like Charlie Daniels, who was able to score goals and assist. Um, yeah. so I think we and all Cross. agree we need need an improvement in this area. Um, but for me, I'm happy keeping him as a backup. But clearly, you know, we need better wing backs. Well, he's out of contract at the end of the year. That's when his contract's out. Okay. So he's gone at the end of the year or now. Either way, he's had his time here. It's been a bit shit for him, unfortunately, after a good start. And that's the way football goes for some players. But I'd like to see him go on to somewhere in League Two, like Mike said, and, and do well. He, he probably deserves a, a crack at a club where he's going to get a bit of playing time. Because you must have thought, it was, you know, made from when he first got into the team and was playing um, last season. It's just, it's just all gone away from, hasn't it? So it's unfortunate, to be fair. And um, I think he's, uh, he's one of them players that even when he leaves the club, you'll always look to see if he was playing. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, I, there's a few players like that. I, I always check with, if they're in the starting eleven. So I'd, I'd always like to see him do well. Mm. And I said I wouldn't put him in my top three, Ollie. I didn't. <laughs> I, uh, I went for. Pennington, number one. Um, I thought he was fantastic. Again, you know, if we're looking at players who've only just come into this team and, you know, settling back in like we just talked about with Love and, and the Chapman as well, I suppose, I think he's good. Didn't really put a foot wrong in a, in a pretty defensive performance. Slots in with the other two quite complimentary. Doesn't make us seem like we're really missing Williams too much if he was to have been out injured. Um, I think it's good. Good signs for him. I'm quite, quite encouraged that we've got him in and I look forward to the rest of the season. I went for Pierre second. Again, you know, we were, you know, pretty decent at the back. Pierre's been solid these last few weeks and I, I think he's playing a level above everyone else at the moment. He's, he seems to stand out to me most weeks. And Chapman, again, maybe that's a bit, uh, you know, me and my love of a, of a good forward at number 10 who wants to get forward. But I thought, you know, in general, some of our most exciting moments came through him. Um, could have done better in those last 20 minutes where I think he tired. But yeah, that, that was my top three, Ollie. Oh yeah, Mike, who did you go for? So I went for, um, in no particular order actually in mine, but I went for, I did put Donald Love in mine just because of <laughs> the, the occasion, like he's away at Sunderland where he probably doesn't have great memories. He has no match sharpness and I think he, I think he did well um, and yeah, he did himself proud really in that position. Um, and then I went for Chapman as well, just that, yeah, that low sense of gravity. I think he's going to be a real outlet for us. And once we get him really moulded into the squad, I think he's probably going to be maybe the most important player in terms of a goal threat and creativity. And then I went for Pennington, um, just because he's just slotted in and looks pretty steady straight away. So I think he's uh, he's going to add... It's good to have four centre-backs that are all at a similar level. And yeah, it's going to be interesting to see if he plays week in, week out. Yeah, cool. Yeah, um, I went for similar. Um, I went for um, for Chapman first and um, Pennington second. We haven't really said much about Pennington, but I thought he had a superb game. Um, he was really, no, he's really on solid. A, 
his wage at Everton is twenty grand a week. So I'm <laughs> sure, I'm sure we're not playing that. Shit. You get about eight so, yeah. for that. I know. <laughs> He must be one of the yeah. He must be one of the in the top five players in paid in the in the division. You'd imagine. Yeah, yeah. He scored. <laughs> yes. a, I remember he scored away uh, away at Anfield for Everton. So he yeah. did. Yeah. And now he's playing next to um, Ebanks, Landell, and Pierre. So I think <laughs> he needs to he needs to shine this season for us if he's gonna yeah play any higher. Yeah, and his contract goes at the end of the season with Everton as well, so he's playing mm. for his future career wherever he's going to end up, Championship or League One. Um, so yeah, so I went for them. I went for Love for just because we've, as we said already, he came into difficult circumstance and did well. And so, so just before we go into managers' comments, and as we alluded at the start of the pod, some people might know we did a bit of a live show after the game to get the to get some of the um, thoughts of the, the fans. So we had a number of fans on on, and we've basically edited it down to a bit of a shorter version, um, and we'll we'll play that in now. Welcome to our first attempt at a live venting, uh, the venting, uh, much like Radio Shropshire's uh, post-match corner. We're going to try and do something now that we can use on the Salacast. So, yeah, this is a bit of a test. Yeah, I suppose welcome on, Sean, and, um, yeah, let's let's get on with it. What were your initial thoughts, really, about um, the Sunderland game that's just finished? Disappointed. I think everybody's going to feel the same. It was a very, to be honest, it, it reeked of a nil-nil. They did nothing, we did nothing, um, but it was that 30-minute period first half where we were so disjointed, so all over the place, that cost us. Um, yeah. If we'd have had a settled right wing back that's actually in his position, I don't think the goal would have come. You're asking a centre-half to do a job. Out and right wing back is... is and, and that's where we've got punished. You know, they were punishing us quite a lot down that side, a lot for, in for the first 30 minutes. But they never really looked like scoring. Same for us as well, um, which is like to the nil-nil, really. But it is disappointing. I thought... Defensively, I thought the back three again were solid. I don't think they everything they dealt with, they dealt with. It bypassed our midfield too easy. Um, and we were just toothless up front. Um, was it a game too many this week after coming back from COVID? I don't want to use it as an excuse, but it might be. You know, they, they, yeah. looked, they didn't have the same energy as... I thought they showed a fair bit of energy on Tuesday night um, against Southampton. I don't think they had that same energy today. Yeah, Sean, what do you think about, and how do you think about like Williams playing right wing back, for example? There's no other choice, really, at the moment. It's very difficult. I thought, to be fair, I thought Josh Daniels did very well against Blackpool. He did, I'd yeah. Been quite happy. I'd have been quite happy to see him there. But at this moment in time, we don't have good enough options. Today was a today was a poor result. It was a poor performance. It was disappointing. But, you know, we didn't roll over and die like I've seen us do previously before yep. Cottrell came in. And there is that fight yeah. to see that we'll be all right. Results have been quite favourable today as well, um, which has helped. So yeah, it's disappointing, um, but you know we'll we'll be we go again as I say. Yeah, we're sick of away games at the moment, at the moment, Sean as well, aren't we? So it'd be nice to get into a run of home games and, and stuff like that, weren't it, Ollie? So yeah, yeah. I, I, you know, I guess someone else has appeared on the screen here, Ollie. Do you want to introduce him? Yeah. And, uh... Hi, Harry. How are you doing? Welcome to the event. Um, I thought, to be honest, it was a it was a really boring game from both teams. Neither teams created much. I think Shrewsbury probably had the better of the chances overall. I think Sunderland didn't really have much other than their goal, whereas we, Chapman probably was unlucky not to score. Mm. Love nearly scored. Clark should have scored. And Worley, we've seen him score from that kind of range before. We know he's got in his locker. So I think overall, Shrewsbury probably on another day could have come away with the three points. But if like both teams were flat, it wasn't a particularly enjoyable game to watch. 
No, I think I'd agree with that. I mean, the pitch looked awful, didn't it? It probably slowed the players up. It was yeah. a bit muddy and stuff, wasn't it? And I think my overriding feeling, um, like you just mentioned there from the game, was a lack of quality in that, that final shot today. You know, how many times did we blast it to Rose Ed? You know, we need to really up that quality, whether it be the players we've got on the books or, or looking at other strikers. Is that something you think that Cottrell might be looking at, bringing more strikers in in the next uh, few weeks? Yeah, I think you can tell Clark was signing this. It's uh, such a rickets signing young Clark, an uh, old veteran we saw it with <laughs> Pugh and Daniels as well. And you can tell Cottrell he isn't going to want to use Clark. He hasn't featured much in Cottrell's no. games other than this one. And then he's played a couple of minutes as well. But obviously he's been coming back from injury. I think he likes a doe, as you can see. But a doe, he's not, he hasn't shown himself to be a striker who's got loads of goals. And before, obviously, the first lockdown last year, he was starting to come into a bit of form. He grabbed a goal against Oxford. He was scoring. He scored against Bristol Rovers. And he was looking like he was getting into some goal-scoring form, but he just hasn't shown it this year. It's like how good he's been in the matches. He's been brilliant, but he just doesn't look like he's got a goal in him. Yeah, he definitely hasn't had the goal so far, Ollie, that we've been thinking he deserved in some of the games we watched this season, has he, mate? And yeah, it, it, hopefully it'll come right for him. What, what did you, Harry, make of, of, of the two new lads? I suppose we saw them at Southampton, but Pennington and Chapman, yeah. do you think they're going to bring us something something more positive than we've had? I, I think they've looked good um, to me, but what do you think? Chapman looks like he's got, doesn't look like a player who, especially Ricketts would have gone for. He's very, <laughs> he looks like a very technical and player with a lot of flair. Looks like, like you saw it, he took on players. What I liked as well, it was that Clark had missed his chance when Chapman went on that little run. He could have played through Clark and he would have been one-on-one. Yeah. But he thought, no, not after that. So he went he went <laughs> by himself and he carved himself out a good chance. Pennington as well, I think, he looks, he does look good. He made a good tackle in the first half in the box that they went down for a penalty for, but didn't get given. Uh, he made a good challenge there and he's very versatile as well. Well, um, And he's been, yeah, he's been good in the first two games I've seen of him. He looks like he likes to run forward as well. Cheers, Harry. Thanks very much. Hi, Adam. Welcome to, welcome to the venting. How are you doing? I'm good, thank you. How are you guys? Good yeah, could be better. Obviously, could have got a draw. I thought maybe we deserved a point from that, from the second half. Um, yeah. yeah what, what do you think changed in the second half? What do you think made us better? Uh, I, to, to be honest with you, I think somebody gave them a bit of a, a rollick in uh, at halftime. <laughs> um, we were very poor in the first half, very poor in the first half an hour. Uh, you know, Sunderland should have scored maybe two or three, to be honest with you. Um, there were some howlers there, especially from that goalkeeper at one point. Uh, it, you know, I couldn't believe what I was seeing. Um, so, yeah, I think they had a good old rollicking at halftime. Uh, and uh, to be honest, to be fair to us, you know, second half, we were the better team. Um, but there's nothing up front for us. You know, we, we can't we can't put that ball in the back of the net. Keith Burge in the recruitment team now and probably contributions from, from his other staff. It it does bode well, really, because I think there's a sort of underlying feeling that there might still be a lot of ins and outs to the football club. And if they're of a good quality like um, Pennington and Chapman, then we've got something excited to look for in the, in the next two weeks, really, haven't we? Yeah, definitely. Definitely. Without a shadow of a doubt, you know, I, I do hope there are more ins and outs. Um, there are a few mm-hmm. people at the, at the club that, you know, they haven't upped their game. They're still... They're still labouring. They're still not fit enough. How much impact do you think um, the players having those those three weeks off? You know, having a game. Do you think that? Think that? Think you saw that today in terms of lack of fitness and rusty, or do you think actually we looked a bit better, better than you thought? Uh, no, I think you well, you definitely saw it in the first half. I think we were very slow to start. You know, and that that's got to be down to not playing football uh, at the end of the day. Um, but yeah, I, I think the three works has obviously affected us. You know, it's it's not an easy thing to get over COVID. You know, all different players are will be affected in different ways. Uh, but we've obviously we're clear, so we have to play the game. So you know, there may well be players on that field that that we don't know. You know, they they may well still be suffering a little bit. Um, you know. Yeah, I just I just saw a comment come up there, Ollie, from I think it was David yeah. Brown saying 
two yeah. two fit uh, right and uh, like right and left wing backs and a striker needed. And I think you know that's the prevalent view of most town fans at the moment. We obviously mm. talked about this last week, didn't we, Ollie? So yeah, I think if we can get quality in those three positions, like we just discussed there, Adam, that's that's exactly what we'll need, really. But I, I suppose yeah. that's that's question really about uh, I kind of asked our last caller this as well. You know, are you are you confident still, even with Cottrell sort of probably maybe missing at least a few more games? Do you think that we'll we'll be okay under Wilbraham for a couple of weeks? I think that it was obvious to everybody that. Contra not being there had an impact. Uh, mm. I, I I do worry uh, a little bit, but if it's you know a few games, then I think we'll be fine. You know, yeah. if it was any longer than that, then I think we need to we need to worry a little bit because he's had such an impact of being on the on the touchline, you know, and giving out the orders and making sure the team are organised and doing what he wants them to do. Uh, that that has had the 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 impact that we needed. Uh, you know, him being away isn't ideal, but obviously, you know, we all wish him well. Yes, um, definitely. You know, and and it is what it is. So we we just need to wait and see. I think. Okay. Well, thanks for joining us, Adam. Really Brilliant. good to get your thoughts on that. And um, yeah, yeah, we'll we'll chip you out. And someone someone else has appeared on. Who's this? Yeah, no worries. See you guys. Thanks a lot. Hi Matt, how you doing? Thanks for joining us again. How you doing? I'm not too bad, Ollie. Thank you. And hello to you, Glenn. Hope you've been staying safe and well. Yeah, I'm all right, mate. Yep, we're all doing okay at the moment, aren't we? And we'd have rather seen a win there, wouldn't we, Matt? So, um, yeah, what, what are your first reflections on the game today? Uh, yeah, I mean, the, the first half, I thought the first 30 minutes we were atrocious. Um, so we just defensively, we just looked completely, yeah, out of shape. You know, just, yeah. Uh, Donald Love, I don't know, what, you know, obviously what he's done to get back into the team. I would you know, much prefer uh, Goldborn, even though, yeah, his match fitness probably isn't there, but I probably yeah. would have preferred him in that position. Um, so, yeah, and then obviously you look at you know, the bench and who wasn't on the bench. You know, I, I would have played uh, Josh Daniels at wing-back today above um, Williams, but, mm. you know, I obviously we don't know at this point why he was left out of injury or COVID, so... I can't, I can't yeah. really yeah, add more to that. Yeah, interesting. So there was a, a comment I put up from, from Glenn, um, Glenn Young, talking about the defence, OK, but the midfield is lacking. And yeah. Do you think it's the midfield's lacking, Matt, or do you think it's maybe that we don't have enough creativity from the wing-back positions? Um, I, I think it's mainly from the wing-back positions. I mean, uh, I think Norbert, um, you know, in that deep-line midfield role, and then obviously we're in the attack, one from going up the pitch and one, uh, staying back for for the counters. I mean, I think that but you know Norbert and Vela pretty much the same kind of you know play the same kind of role, and and yeah. they're both good at it. I mean, um, but for the wing backs, what what you got in Charlie Daniels and Matt Miller? I know uh, he he was very much playing in, you know in the midfield rather than playing in with Williams and Love. They were very much you know part of the. Back, uh, back five. So I guess like most fans, Matt, you're just hoping to see us kind of move forward from this now and get the fitness built up over the next few games and maybe get back to where we were under Cottrell um, before we had this three-week break. Yeah, definitely. I, I think uh, when Cottrell comes back, I think we'll definitely um, see, see us improve. You know, we are in a very unique situation as a football club at the moment. We're, we're seemingly the only football club whose manager has had a real bad bout of COVID and is missing for an extended period of time. And, and that is compared to all the other League One clubs at the moment, Matt, it's going to be really difficult for everyone to kind of get to grips with. Yeah, I, I, yeah like I said, until, until we can make um, uh, the signings, uh, I, I mean, in my opinion, I think we need to be getting rid of five or six at least, you know, to, to even yeah, make the box, you know, bounce out the box a little bit. And like I say, to bring in a couple of new wing-backs and a new striker um, and then 
yeah, I'll, depending on how quickly Cottrell, you know, can get back in the dog, I think that's where... Yeah, it's going to be really tricky, isn't it, Ollie, going forward, mate? And, and yeah, it's, it's going to be interesting how the club deals with, deals with it all going forward. But, yeah, in terms of, in terms of today, um, you know, it was, it was difficult, wasn't it? So, um, yeah, thanks for joining us, Matt. It's been, it's been a good experiment. So, no problem. Thanks for having me on. It's all right, no worries. And, yeah, Ollie, I, I think you're right. It has been an experiment. We don't really yeah. <laughs> know what we're doing 100% with this sort of thing, but it's, it's, it's going to be really good for us to get people on and have a, a reaction straight away. Um, and also, we can use this and, and cut it into the podcast for anyone that's trying to miss yeah. the, the YouTube streams. This will sort of stay up on the Salopcast account now, won't it? And presumably, yeah, we'll get better. presumably like the podcast, Ollie, we'll get better as, as, as time goes on. Yeah, it's great, great to do that, actually. Ollie's a bit of a test to see what we can actually do in terms of streaming. You know, we figured out how to do podcasts. It's quite nice to try and figure out how you do streaming of that sort of thing. But um, yeah, it was good to get some new voices on as well. People we've never met, actually, and never been on the podcast before. So um, a bit like Mike, I suppose, tonight, really, getting new voices on is what we're all about, really really trying to get as many people to, to kind of have their say about Shrewsbury Town on, on a weekly basis. So, yeah, thanks for everyone that came on and, and joined us for that. It was a re- really good test, and I'm, I'm sure we'll try different things as we go forward. So it worked pretty well, didn't it? But it meant that we missed um, listening to the manager comments we post-match, did. Ollie. So I've, I've not actually caught up on these, so I'm quite interest, interested to see what he, he said, really. Yep, so uh, oh, yeah, I watched them um, this morning um, in prep for this. So what did he say? He spoke really well. He seems, seems to be grown into the role as well, which I thought was good to see. Um, he seems, um, yeah, he seems it was good. Goes post match interview. Um, he says, yeah, we, we deserve something from the game, and we didn't we didn't settle in the first half, but we got better. And he says, second half mm-hmm. we were better, um, and we, if we'd have taken one of our chances, and um, obviously would have got something from the game. Um, he's mentioned that the Sunderland staff said that we were lucky; they were lucky to get all three points, which I think is probably a marker of how well, how well we kind of performed and how poorly they did. Really, I think I think a draw probably would have been a fair result. Um, and then he, about love, he talked about excellent, um, and I thought it was interesting as well. Something we've mentioned already on this pod, he talked about how wing backs are so important in this formation. Um, but he said he was surprised how well love did, so that was good. And which this will please you, Glenn. He did say there's going to be a left back, a lefty in the pipeline. Um, it's unlikely to be Galloway because we saw just before we started uh, those rumours on the internet. He failed the medical at Shrewsbury. Um, so hopefully there'll be a, a better left back coming in, a wing back maybe, coming in soon. Maybe Neil Ashton will be coming back. <laughs> <laughs> he had an injury record that wasn't great either. Yeah, yeah. Um, maybe it's uh, not not the best idea. But yeah, I mean, it's a shame if he has failed his medical. It's really unfortunate for someone that was probably looking to come here and, and all, all rumours it was a permanent signing. So someone coming in to, to possibly play for us for a couple of years. Um, you know, good good age. Um, not played a lot of football, obviously, at that age. But, you know, nice and young. If he'd have kicked on, we could have sold him. But who, who knows now? If he's failed a medical here, he's going to struggle to get a move in January now. And Luton obviously want to move him on. But maybe something we'll see... You you know, back in back in the summer, maybe he can he can so, get those back. So is that transfer complete, completely off now? Then seems like it. Yeah, so. it seems like it. Yeah, so it sounds like so. Obviously, there was the um, Glenn loved it. I think this is part of your season, Glenn, um, where the the club announced that he'd signed and then quickly God. deleted the tweet. Um, Glenn loves Glenn lives for that kind of shit. Um, I love and, it's their favorite thing. <laughs> and then it went all quiet, and it's been a number of days. So yeah, it seems unlikely now, doesn't it? Um, yeah. And it's, it's unfortunate because it does make you feel like whoever we bring in was second choice. Do you not think? Because we did announce it. He was clearly already signed and must have been the first one we got through the door. Um, would have been number 14, according to the, the stuff we put out. So, yeah, not not ideal. We probably haven't got our first choice. But I'm sure that, you know, we have uh, two or three on that list and of all of a sufficient quality um, that, that Koch will be confident with whoever we bring in, really. So, yeah, we'll, we'll have to see as the week goes on, Ollie, I suppose. I mean, we're going to talk about a bit of news, weren't we? We'll probably just go straight into this, 
Ollie, because we, yeah. we've just actually, before we do that, Glenn, some people were saying about why was it announced and how did it work. So what we've what we've learned is that um, the media stuff is kind of done during the process. So yeah. as soon as the contract is done, um, the media team can announce. So there's probably like a, a folder somewhere full of player photos and artwork and stuff of signings that never quite happened. Um, so mm-hmm. yeah, that's our understanding of why why it got so close. Yeah, it happens at a few. It's happened at a few clubs before, hasn't it? I mean, yeah, it is a bit embarrassing, isn't it? And it's not, it's not great. But it is, you know, we've made worse ups over the years, so I'll let them off a little bit. But yeah, I mean, you know, it, it was just, um, it's not great, is it? When when you think we've solved our problem and we kind of put it out there, and then suddenly we're back to square one in terms of terms of waiting for for a left back. But yeah, I don't know. I, I find I just find things that funny. I'm probably just one of those people that I see the world burn sometimes, Ollie. But um, there we go. In terms of the other news, though, we'll just go straight into that, which was um, obviously we were looking forward to a game on Tuesday night. Ollie, and that thing we can't get rid of, and we keep talking about on this podcast over these last few weeks, COVID, it's got another game called off. Yeah, so Burn have got a number of players uh, with COVID or isolating. Uh, we're not, we don't really know the details, um, but yeah, um, so the Burton game's off because of a number of positive cases in their camp. Um, but I don't really understand how on earth this can happen, and it just seems utterly mm, ridiculous saw, that Jimmy Floyd that, uh, still wanted yeah. to get his, his um, BBC fee. So... <laughs> They they played eight days ago. So excuse my French, but how the f- can you go on TV and meet all the crew and the presenters and all the staff that work on football game if eight days ago? So if you're in contact with anyone as a positive case, you're supposed to isolate. So for me, that's incredibly poor. And the answer he gave for me was a bit weak. So I think that's just ridiculous that he was on TV. Shows that think- people in football are clearly not taking it serious. No, I think clubs are. Um- Using COVID as, as an excuse, if they've got a few players out, they're like, oh, we could potentially get this postponed and then play it when we've got a full squad. Yep. So I think uh, that's just me thinking that, but I think there's a lot of clubs doing it at the moment. Such a strange time, isn't it? Well, Burton, Burton had a, a COVID outbreak earlier in the season. I think it was around November time when they, they played Hull City. They had six confirmed tests, and they, sorry, six confirmed cases and six more self-isolating four other staff members affected, and they still played a depleted team against Hull. I mean, that's mental, isn't it? And okay, I agree with you, Ollie. Why Why that sort of thing's happening, I can't get my head around, to be honest with you. And um, it does show, you know, they've had it once. They've got another outbreak again now. It's, it's not great for football to see these recurring outbreaks now. Yeah, obviously we're not going to we don't want to be those in, in, you know, if you're in a green nation, you're not going to throw bricks, because obviously we've had an outbreak. But, oh, right, yeah. you know, it seems that we followed the rules and we've had things, but, you know, we had um, Darren, and we, we didn't mention this, we had um, Davis isolating, because he was in he was close to someone had a positive yeah. case and we've okay. done it a few times Aaron isolated as well so for me the simple thing is you isolate um, yep. so yeah you can't you can't criticize a club as much for kind of getting COVID because it's one of it seems to be one of those yeah. things but but you can tend certainly criticize clubs for going on national TV and, and getting a, a nice little fee when you should have been at home isolating I think if you get one positive test, the whole thing gets locked down for two, two, three weeks, and you have to start again. That's just the way it is. You can't, you can't afford for things that will happen at our club and other clubs for it to, to spread. You've got to lock down, reset, and, and come back after that. It's not worth the risk, is it? So, yeah, no game Tuesday, but we, we will have a game on Saturday, Ollie, which we'll be back next yep. week covering. Um, which uh, is a home game, staggeringly a home game, Ollie. Yeah, it feels like we had a home game for a while. <laughs> um, so yeah, we were at home to Peterborough. Um, mm. who obviously spanked us earlier in the season. Um, yep. So I don't, I'm not sure if revenge is something that really goes through players' minds. Um, but yeah, we've got Peterborough next. So yeah, guys, and what's your thoughts on that? 
Glenn, you go first. What's your thoughts on playing P.U. Well, they beat Ipswich at the weekend. Uh, third. <laughs> they had two points off the top. They're in a pretty good run of form. Um, so my, my initial thoughts are, considering everything that's going on at the moment, and we probably won't... Well, we've sorted out the right and left wing back problem by Saturday. We might have done. I, I'm, I'm going to go negative a little bit here, um, and I'm going to say that we'll probably lose 2-0 to Peterborough at home, um, and it'll be a bit, a bit of a, a wake-up call, really, to... Making sure we get those transfers over the line before the end of January. Yeah, just before Mike goes, I'm going to cheat Glenn and give him a bit of insight in terms of what their results are. So yeah, Lincoln won all. Um, they beat um, Peterborough. Uh, sorry, Peterborough. They beat Posh five um, one in the AF Trophy. Then they beat MK Dons three 0 Then they beat Charlton two one. Then they beat Ipswich on the weekend. So as you say, Glenn, you're bang on. They're in a great run of form. Yep. Um, so Mike, do you see them us losing the same as Glenn? After all of that, you just told me it stinks of a 1 0 Salop win, doesn't it? So I'm going, <laughs> you're going, I'm for, going for a 1. Yeah, Eve Banks Landell and my bet comes in. We're going to score in the th- after 30 seconds and hold out for, yeah. uh, for over 90 minutes and time waste. So the, 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 even the, the Peterborough chairman and your mate at Talksport go on Twitter. Yeah. It has yeah. got that kind of makeup for it, hasn't it? That um, Adrian, is it Adrian Durham we whinging about us? So something's going to happen. So you're going for us to win then, Ollie? No, I'm going to go to lose 2-1. <laughs> um, After all that. And then, then Cottrell will come back and um, and, the, and the world will be restored and we'll get back to that Champions League um, route that we were yeah. bapping before. I mean, it's worrying. I mean, we're only two points above the drop zone again. So let's not think we're out of the woods yet. We have um, one game on hand on most of the bottom two. Um, two on Swindon, three on Burton. Um, and, Probably uh, another one by the time we get to Saturday as well. We'll Exactly. So, you know, it's nice to have points in the bag and the games in hand for once. Normally we've got one thing or the other, haven't we? But um, we certainly need to get another win of of one of the next two. Um, And obviously Burton... Would have been great. They're bottom of the league. Yeah, we would have been awful. Well, I reckon we'd have got a result there. I could see Sean Wally scoring in that one. Um, but yeah, and interestingly, actually, we were talking about obviously games being cancelled. It's the only game at the moment that is going to be cancelled on Tuesday night. So that's that's positive in the sense that obviously most of the teams are, are ready to go again. Yeah, I mean we're falling behind in terms of games, aren't we? You know, everyone's uh, some of the teams are now on twenty four, um, majority on twenty three, um, and they'll be on twenty four and twenty five by Tuesday, and we'll still be stuck on twenty one. Um, but there are a few teams in that boat at the moment, so yeah. got to start. Stanley's still on nineteen. Yeah, um, on twenty. Yeah. Yeah, it's tricky. Yeah. So yeah, it's going to be interesting to see what happens, and um, you know, if it keeps happening and games keep getting called off, are we going to need that extension to the season? It's not really an issue for us to to go a bit longer, is it? I suppose, other than the playoff finals and stuff. But um, yeah, it's something to keep an eye on as we keep going forward on. Yeah. So yeah, I think that brings it to a close. So yeah, Mike's really great having you on the podcast. Thanks for your for your input from for stuff on the pitch and off the pitch. It's been very interesting. I hope you enjoyed it. Yeah, no worries. I, I love coming on. I'm uh, yeah, listen every week to the podcast on my uh, commutes with work or yeah, just at home at the minute. So yeah, it's amazing what you're doing, and I think a lot of other clubs are probably jealous that they don't have their own podcast. So yeah, keep it up, guys. <clears throat> Which is, man. Yeah, that's what it's all about, isn't it? It's, it's it's getting people to talk about football. And and it's, I say, we mentioned this last week, Ollie, but us talking about this and everyone kind of having something to kind of listen to and, and talk about those points that we can't sit at the end of a game like we would do after an away sporters weekend, Mike, and, you know, put the game to bed on our way home in the car or talk about it in the pub or me and Ollie would meet up on the way out. We just, we just can't do any of that anymore. So it is good to be able to do this. And that's why we're trying to get as many new voices on at the moment, aren't we, Ollie? Because yeah, that's the whole you know, point of the venting. Yeah. Some people, as always, 
always some people who are giving us some abuse um, for doing something different. But um, yeah, if it, we, we well, we hardly spoke on it, which is the point of it. So yeah, we yeah. want to give people a chance to chat. It's good. And if anyone else, if anyone's listening and they want to come on like Mike, you know, all we've got to do is drop the Saladcast Twitter account, a message, a, a DM, um, and and we'll get back to you and see if we can get you on. And there's a, there's a fair list of people who've done that. So yeah. we'll start working our way through. But yeah, cheers for coming on, Mike. Um, and yeah, we'll, we'll catch you soon down the line, I'm sure. And uh, we'll be back next Sunday. 